right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions podcast on the Teardown feed. My name is Jeff Gluck here at The Athletic, and it's another of our 12 Questions interviews where we ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver every week. And up next is Chase Briscoe of Stuart Haas Racing. Obviously, his rookie year just made his Cup Series debut last Sunday in the Daytona 500. And um, this one, I tell you what, I, I'm really excited about this one because this is the first 12 questions interview in person since last uh, March 8th or something like that. Whatever Phoenix was, whenever I recorded one at Phoenix last March, had not done any 12 questions interviews in person up until now. So it sure was nice to do that again. Now, that said, uh, a couple things about this podcast, audio quality, not good. It's not good because I had to find a spot uh, outdoors where I could talk to Chase Briscoe and uh, adding to the trickiness, um, I was not allowed to go in the garage. So Chase had to come meet me at a chain link fence. Then I passed uh, the microphone through the fence to him. I had a, brought a 10 foot microphone cord. Uh, we were both wearing our masks and quite separated. However, we were standing next to air conditioning units, loud air conditioning units, um, on a warm day in central Florida. And so, uh, the air conditioners never shut off the entire interview. They're quite loud. So, uh, we had to talk at a high volume to hear each other, first of all, cause we weren't standing next to each other and we had to talk over the air conditioners. So sorry, I guess the trade-off is yes, it was in person, more fun that way, but also the audio quality is not exactly um, like we were in a studio. So apologies in advance for that. However, I think it was a really fun interview. Um, I had a great time talking to Chase. He's an avid 12 questions reader. So that's always cool. Um, and he had just studied up on the first one of the year with Joey Logano before we did this interview. So he was, he was prepared a little bit and I thought he had some great answers. So I'd love for you to take a listen. Let's give it a shot. All right, everybody, we're here for the first 12 questions interview in person since last March. Just to set the scene for you here, Chase Briscoe and I are standing on opposite sides of a chain link fence. We have a long microphone cord in between us. There's an some air conditioner nice air on. conditioning units, yeah. What's that? There's some nice air conditioning yeah. units over there. Air conditioning, there's generators in the background, but we're, the, the, we're in person, so we can just forget all that we're just I think happy this is to the be first in-person interview i've done since probably the same time period wow this is great i'm i just it's nice to see people's facial expressions again when you yeah, talk to them you know your eyes what i can see them <laughs> yeah right i can't see your smile but i'll just assume so uh chase here we go with the first tw question uh when you meet someone who doesn't know who you are do you ever lie about what you do for a living um no i normally say um the only time I'll kind of beat around the bush is sometimes I just say I work with NASCAR, like in NASCAR, instead of saying like, yeah, I drive or whatever. But nine, I mean, nine times out of 10, I just tell them what I do. I mean, it's cool. People like talking about it. So, I mean, I don't, I don't mind talking about it. I enjoyed what I do for a living. So yeah, I would say the only time I kind of, I mean, I still working in NASCAR is the same as driving, I guess. So yeah, that's, that's the only way I, I guess I would say I've done it. Okay. Um, which current cup driver have you known the longest? Uh, 
It would be a toss-up between probably Bell and Custer. I'm trying to think. I've known Bell a long time from virtual racing, probably 2010, 2011. But as far as meeting him in person, it was probably 2000, I don't know, 13, 14. And I met Custer around the same time. Uh, I actually drove for Custer in the Chili Bowl in like 2014. I drove a Haas double zero midget. Wow. So I've known Cole for quite a long time. I would say either one of those two guys probably. And then LaJoy would be kind of in that. Because I ran LaJoy's seat since I was like 10 or 11. Okay. So I knew of Corey. I just didn't really know Corey, if that makes sense. Interesting. See, I yeah, I wouldn't have thought. I mean, Bell, if you'd said Bell, I, you know, yeah, I could have seen that. But Custer, I wouldn't have. Yeah, he was like one of the first people I ever met when I moved to North Carolina because him and Nick Drake were really close, and Nick Drake I'd race sprint cars with. So, yeah, Cole was one of the first people I ever met when I moved to North Carolina. Wow. We've kicked on another air conditioner here. Yeah, (laughs) the background noise is ripping now. (laughs) Um, Can you describe to us what it's like to crash in a race car? Uh, It's not fun. Uh, There's different types of crashing because, like, a sprint car crash, when you're flipping – it feels like it takes forever. Like, it feels like, at least for me, I'm up there for a minute. And then you go back and watch the tape, and it was like a second and a half long, and you're on the ground again. But it's crazy when you're flipping, it gets so quiet. And for, I always try to keep my eyes open, so, like, everything's kind of spinning. And you know you're in the air, and when you're in the air, you know you're going to come down at some point. So you're just kind of bracing for that impact and trying to figure out <clears throat> how you're going to hit and how bad it's going to hurt. But then the NASCAR stuff... You know, I've been fortunate not to crash a ton on the NASCAR side, but I would say blowing a tire is probably the most miserable feeling just because you see the wall coming, and you know you're going to hit it. It's just a matter of when you're going to hit it. And I've only done that twice, but I remember Kentucky in practice in a truck. I did it one time. I felt like I could contemplate my whole life leading up to the wall. Like, you just you just saw it coming. You knew there was nothing, and it took forever. And then when it hits, it, it hurts really bad. But, yeah, I mean, crashing is definitely – definitely hard to explain it just it hurts the next day and sometimes the week after but knock on wood i've been fortunate not to crash too hard so i'm going to try to keep it that way now you said you you keep your eyes open or you try to keep your eyes open why do you do that i don't i don't know i I think i I try to grip the steering wheel too as tight as i can i think that's potentially wrong You, you break a finger or your wrist or whatever but for me at least i know if i'm gripping the wheel as tight as i can and my eyes are open i know i'm still conscious so I just try to do those two things. And sometimes I'll shut my eyes like once I hit, but for the most part, I keep them open because I want to see what's coming so I can kind of brace for, for, you know, that impact that's about to happen. But, you know, Kyle, I think he left his eyes open when he flipped to New Zealand and they were all like red after that. I've been, I haven't ever wrecked that hard. So I'm sure it might be a little bit different if I did, but yeah, I I try to just grip the wheel as tight as I can. And just because I know I'm conscious if I'm still gripping. Okay, interesting. do you have any new habits or lifestyle changes that you've made lately that you're particularly proud of? Uh, no, not really. I haven't. If anything, I, I'm kind of not proud of myself. My workout routine has definitely fell apart the last, well, however long we've been in COVID. I, I should have probably done a lot better at that. But yeah, I mean, I feel like me and my wife obviously have spent way more time together now than we've ever spent. And then just, you know, my me and my dogs I, I guess I'm more of a family man I guess uh, just because I've been home so much more than I normally would have ever been but outside of that I, I wouldn't say there's been any life-changing things happen uh, during COVID uh, my my diet's still the same I just had some chicken tenders and hush puppies a little bit ago so 
Yeah, I, I, I haven't really changed too much, I don't feel like. Okay. Uh, what makes you laugh during a race? Uh, just it depends. I was dying laughing. Actually, we uh, we went to a Trans Am test two weeks ago at Coda, and it was me and the Penske guys, all the SHR guys. Bell was there, Byron, a couple guys. Well, it's called this Chin Track Days, and you're out there with, I mean, there could be a Mazda Miata, and we're in a full-blown race car. There could be a Lamborghini. I mean, there's all kinds of cars out there. Well, you're not allowed to pass them unless they put their hand out and point you by. Well, I'm following Bell, and uh, he's just bombing it in under people. And, I mean, they're getting scared because a lot of these guys aren't race car drivers. They're just, you know, out there to have fun. <laughs> and this guy was driving a Ferrari and didn't point Bell by. And the guy turned down, and Bell KO'd this Ferrari right oh, in the left rear quarter panel. No way. And my eyes got so big, and I felt so bad for him knowing that he just hit that guy. But at the same time, I was dying laughing. And I probably shouldn't be laughing about it, but luckily the car didn't really get tore up. It just dented the fender a little bit and got some rubber on it. But that's the last time I've laughed really hard inside the race car just because I couldn't believe he just hit a Ferrari uh, at this, you know, track day thing. But it depends. I mean, there's stuff all the time that you laugh at. Um, but that's definitely the one most recently that I was I was laughing pretty hard. Oh, my God. That's, that's amazing. Uh what is a quality or a skill you envy in another driver? <clears throat> uh, man, I don't know. That's a good good question because I feel like every driver kind of has their own uniqueness, things that, that make them really, really good. Um, I feel like at times I get to the point where I'm, I'm probably overly cautious, I feel like, at times. Um, that's something I, I wish I could kind of – put behind me at times i mean i think nine times out of ten it pays off for me just being there at the end of the race but there is times i feel like early in a race where i could be a lot more aggressive and you know especially with the no practice stuff i kind of take 10 or 15 laps kind of fill out what i got and then at that point you know you if you started ninth or tenth you're kind of seventh eighth area where you know like cinder last year would go right from the beginning he'd be leading and it's just it takes a little while to get back up there so that'd probably be the one thing you know i feel like i can i can go right away i just like kind of feeling out what i got and to me there's no point in wrecking 10 laps in and not being there at the end but you know i do think there's times where that does pay off okay uh so i'm asking everybody a wild card question random question uh i guess not really random i i, I knew what i wanted to ask um so for the past couple 12 questions interviews that we've done you always reveal a little bit more about your your diet and it, it just fascinates people people <laughs> talk about it like every time any like your your thing gets tweeted all year like your 12 questions you one of your answers people screenshot them they're like what what um I, i'm not i don't want to be come off like i'm making fun of you in any <laughs> no. way i'm just curious yeah um, no, i get it so what what is your have you have you broadened your horizons at all with your diet uh for people that that um are i don't keeping know track of last this? time last time we talked i don't was i on a caesar salad kick do you remember Let's see. That kind of sounds familiar. I think you had said that you never had peanut butter and jelly. Still haven't done that. Um, Still never had a hot dog. Never had a hot dog. Um, I'm super picky, obviously. But, yeah, the Caesar salad is the one thing I would say. I don't I don't remember if we talked about that last time. I tried it within the last year and a half. Okay. And before that, I never even ate a salad. And I was like, I mean, Caesar salad is really probably not that healthy. But, like, I'll go get those for lunch. Um tomato soup's a new thing that i've recently kind of dabbled into it sounds like i'm you know four years old but 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just always been picky. I'm a big like. So what guy. what makes you want to try these things? You know, if you're like, all right, you know what? Today's the day. I'm gonna take the leap. I'm gonna try my first tomato soup. Or it's whatever. weird because like that night at dinner. Uh, when I tried the salad like a year and a half ago, I, I, me and Marissa were sitting there and I, I was reading, you know, the list and I was just like, like, I'm going to try this today, like, and I'm going to like it. And I wish I could get in that mood for everything else, but yeah, I just tried it and then same with tomato soup. It was like a spicy tomato thing. I like spicy stuff. So I was like, I'm just going to go out on a limb and try this here and it ended up, you know, there's better tomato soups than others, but yeah, I, I tried a little bit of seafood stuff recently because my wife loves the beach. Uh, like crab dip and stuff like that. I don't even know if that's considered seafood, but uh, lobster I tried recently. wasn't really a fan, but yeah, I'm slowly, slowly dabbling into it. I know I'm about 20 years too late, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to broaden my horizon because I definitely need to for my, my health and fitness. Interesting. Um, you know what? Taste buds change. You know, you give yourself some time. The one thing I did finally, I quit Dr. Pepper completely. That was like a bad habit of mine. I was always drinking Dr. Pepper and January 1, I said no more, and I ain't had one since. So that is something, going back to your earlier question, I'm, I'm proud of that because I go in waves. Like, I'll go, or I don't drink one for two years, and I get that one time where I'm like, man, I really want one. I get it, and then I get on a kick again, and I'm finally off of it. So that's that's one thing I've changed kind of in COVID, I guess. What do you what do you substitute for that drink? Just water. Wow. Trying to go all water now. And I'm, I'm a big yellow Gatorade guy, so that's not really that healthy either probably, but water for sure is my 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 go-to now wow good for you um what's an embarrassing mistake you've made on the track that you're willing to share with us uh the the one that probably comes to mind was my first arca race here you know i think it was only like my fifth time ever on pavement and i somehow qualified third and we're rolling off pit road and arca had this rule where if you came to a stop to readjust your wheel you go to the back oh like makes no sense really why that rule even exists well in a sprint car or a midget, when you're cruising around there under yellow, you can just pop the wheel off and put it right back on. It'll keep going straight. I had no idea that a stock car does not do that, apparently. So we're rolling off pit road, and I, luckily I started third and not fourth because as soon as I took the wheel off, hard left. I mean, like, full lock to the left, to the inside wall. If I would have started on any outside lane, I'm wiping out the whole field coming off pit road. Oh, no. So then I'm trying to not stop because I know the rule. So then I get the wheel back on, it's upside down, and I'm like all over the place. And then finally, like I had to stop because it was so screwed up and I had to go to the back. But that was probably the most embarrassing thing. If you go and watch the 2016 ARCA broadcast, you could see me pulled off pit road and just, I mean, hard left right off the pit road. And then it's outside the car, but my first ever sprint car win, it's still kind of embarrassing. You know, everybody, when they win a sprint car, at least a non-wing race, they stand up on the cage. Yeah. So I'm all excited. I stand up, and I freaking fell off the thing. Fell down, like landed on top of the cage, rolled over onto the tire. Oh, my gosh. So that was pretty embarrassing. Wow. Uh, but that wasn't inside the car. That was out of the car. But, yeah, the, the Daytona thing is one that I still – people give me a hard time about all the time. Oh, man. Wow. Well, now we're, I'm going to have to try to find that clip. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, this is a, a remote working world now. Um Obviously, you're living in North Carolina. You've been there for a little bit. If, if they said, you know what, you don't, you don't need to live where the shop is anymore, uh, would you want to relocate somewhere else? Um, you know, I like Indiana a lot. Um, but ever since I moved to North Carolina, I really like the area just because, at least where I'm at, it's 15, 20 minutes to everything. Like where I'm from in Indiana, at least. I mean, if you want to go to Target, for example, or Chick-fil-A, it's a 30-minute drive. So, like... I like having the convenience of going two miles down the road and having like a Chick-fil-A or something. So 
I like the Charlotte area, but at the same time, my wife, her dad has a boat at Myrtle Beach, so like we go there a lot. And I'm not a big beach guy, but I like being on the waterway, and I'm, I like the mountains. So I don't know. I I just want to have stuff readily available nearby. Like I don't want to be out in the middle of nowhere. But at the same time, I do like having land. But I just I want to have restaurants closed, grocery. Like I don't want to drive 10, 15 minutes to go do that. So. I like the Charlotte area because all that's close. You can go to a baseball game, football game. You know, anything you want to do is within a 20-minute drive typically, and I like that. Okay. Um, if someone handed you an envelope, and inside this envelope was the date of your final career win, would you want to open the envelope? Yeah, because I just want to know if I'm going to win a cup race first off. <laughs> so, absolutely. Uh yeah, I mean, I would, I would want to know just because then you could know when to hang it up. I guess, like, you know, don't want to go on a bad streak. Like, you don't want to keep chasing that final win if you know it's never going to come. So, I would like to know just because then you could really savor the moment too. And then, I mean, plus you know when you're going to win. Like, who wouldn't want to go into a race knowing you're going to win the thing? So, yeah, I would like to know. I wish that there was some way to do that because I would, I would just love to know if I'm going to win a cup race. So, I would gladly do that. What, what if it said, what if for some reason it said that you weren't going to, like, would you still want to race? Uh, I mean, right now, yeah, just because I've never got to experience cup racing. Yeah. But, you know, I think if it was towards the end of my career or, you know, if it said, you know, you're going to race 15 years, never win a race, then like that would probably, that'd be tough. Um, you know, I want to win at whatever I'm doing, but at the same time right now, like I just want to experience cup racing because I think it's so cool to finally be here so yeah i mean i i'm gonna try to win that's for sure but i would i would definitely open the envelope so that kind of leads to the next question i guess which is have you achieved your childhood dream yeah absolutely i mean if you would have just told me i was going to get a run a truck race in my entire life i would have been like man there's no no way that's going to happen and you know to, to be able to be at this point it's just uh it's unbelievable truthfully you know how many things have came back full circle and how many doors have opened that should not have been open? You know, how many people can say they get a drive in the Cup Series but then do it for their childhood hero in a car they, I mean, that was literally the car I cheered for growing up. If I could pick one car in the Cup Series to drive, it's that car. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's still, I mean, it honestly doesn't even seem believable right now. Like, strapping in today, it, it didn't, it still didn't feel real. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm living the childhood dream right now. Absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, just watching that first practice that you guys had out there and, you know, you're in the pack and you're like drafting right behind Kevin Harvick. And I was just like, man, Chase Briscoe is like, <laughs> that's something else, man. You it, know, It's definitely crazy. And, you know, just, you know, for me, literally five years ago, I was watching on TV, never even raced a stock car. So, like, I'm really recently, like, a, a true diehard fan, and, you know, I'm fans of a lot of these guys, and, you know, to now be out there racing against them is, is something really neat. Um, a, a friend of mine, Tucker Barnhart, won the gold glove this or this past year for the Cincinnati Reds, and he texted me the other day and was like, hey, man, welcome to the big leagues. Just cherish every moment. And I even texted him back, and I was like, is the, is the big leagues any different? He's like, no, it's still the same game. It's just there's going to be more fans and, you know, the competition's still the same. It's just guys you've watched your whole life you're going to be playing against. So hmm. I think just hearing that reassurance from other guys and then you know, talking to Cole and talking to other people I'm friends with that have now made that transition, you know, it's like Ken Schrader says, it's still a race car. You know, it's just it's got its own little things that make it unique. So, I mean, all these guys are great race car drivers, and, you know, there's still guys that – 
in sprint car racing, I still get nervous being around. You know, if I'm going up against Sammy Swindell or somebody like that, those are guys that I've looked up to my whole life. So to me, that's it's no different than over here. Yeah. Everybody still puts their their pants on the same way and their shoes on. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, so obviously, each week I ask a question for the next guy. Um, Joey Logano's question was: Has the pandemic um, changed anything you do about your preparation? I know it's different for you now because you're you're making the leap to a different series. But uh, you know, do you do things any differently than you did before? Yeah, I mean, from a just learning my team during COVID has been extremely hard because they don't want me at the shop. If I am at the shop, everybody's doing split schedules. I can't take my guys to lunch. Like that's something I would normally try to do every week, just trying to build that relationship. You know, even just learning their names. I can't see their face, so it's hard to even learn their names. So from that side of things, it's been really, really challenging. Um, but then I feel like I've for sure watched more film than I probably ever have just over the last, even the last month. I feel like I'm constantly watching film because I'm just sitting at home. There's nothing else to really do. So I, I feel like from a preparation standpoint of, of that side of things, I'm the most prepared I've ever been. So I feel like, yeah, it's definitely changed how you prepare. Um, and, and specifically for me, at least, changed how I build that team chemistry because it's so hard when I'm not allowed to go to the shop and you know, all these other guys have been with their same guys for a while now, so they know them really well on a personal level. And, you know, I haven't been able to do that because I'm not allowed to really go and hang out ever. Yeah, wow, that's really interesting. I didn't, I didn't think of that. Um, so the next interview, ho hopefully in a same fence style interview, is going to be with Corey LaJoy. Uh, do you have a question that I can ask Corey? So two things. One, what is the scariest thing he's ever had happening inside of a race car? Like this, where he has been, like, absolutely scared. Uh, and then number two, a lot of guys have been going dirt racing lately. You know, Chase and, you know, Newman's been doing it now. There's a lot of guys. Does he have any insp any aspirations to try midget racing or sprint car racing? And obviously with the Bristol dirt race, everybody's kind of dabbling in it a little bit. But any any aspirations to go do any of that? Okay. So what's the scariest thing inside a race car? And then is he interested in trying any, any dirt? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Well, Chase, man. Thank you for this, uh, I don't know, I don't think you can say historic for a 12 <laughs> questions interview, but new for me. This is a new uh, backdrop that we've yeah. never had. I hope that we don't uh, ever have to do this again <laughs> this way, but I appreciate you giving I'm it a try. I'm just glad we could do it again. I know, I know. It really is, I mean, I, I the value of being able to see people and talk to people and hear your voice like this instead of doing it on a Zoom or a phone call, I think, you know, it, it, it means a lot, so... We appreciate it. So yeah. thanks for joining us. Thanks for us. having me. I love reading them every week. And I agree. It's definitely better doing it in person than on Zoom. I feel like it's way more genuine and you get more just personality out of it. All right, everybody. There you have it. Chase Briscoe on the 12 questions. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I feel like we're strong starts this year. We've gotten two really good 12 questions interviews. I'm really happy with how the first couple came out. And uh, guess what? I recorded two more while I was down in Daytona. And uh, audio quality, a little better on those. N nothing perfect, certainly. But um, next week, we'll be with Corey LaJoy, as you heard. And then the week uh, after that, we'll be with Tyler Reddick. And um, so I really appreciate all these guys um, trying it out. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to make sure everybody was comfortable. So I made sure, you know, like, hey, if you're not, if you guys aren't comfortable doing this, we, totally we can do it another time we can do it over zoom or whatever but they're willing to give it a try so um was happy to come away from the daytona trip with at least some 
in-person stuff after we uh, hadn't been able to do that for so long. So um, anyway, thank you guys, uh, as always, for listening. Appreciate you. Um, send your feedback uh, to Chase if you if you enjoyed the interview. I like when the when the drivers know that people listen to it, you know. Uh, hopefully that'll encourage them to come back again. Uh, but anyway, thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.